0: Welcome, everyone, to our latest edition of BAMS Radio here on this cold Sunday in the rocket city of Huntsville. I'm Drew DeArmond, your co-host, and I'm here with my two uh, compatriots, as always, in the port city of Mobile, our wizard producer extraordinaire and analyst, Thomas Watts. Uh, He's uh, keeping us uh, rolling here, always the kind of the the engine behind this podcast, Uh, and uh, he's going to give us some of his thoughts as well as we talk about Alabama's national championship game loss to the Georgia Bulldogs, 33-18, uh, to, to end of season 13-2. We'll even talk about basketball, some struggles right now for Nate Oates' group, and we're going to talk, uh, you know, uh, some transfer portal, because that's a big topic of conversation since the national championship game. But, of course, we're going to bring in William Redfish Barger, from 89-93, to 93, a-, a national champion with the Crimson Tide and someone uh, that always keeps his ear close to the ground when it comes to Alabama football. Guys, I know uh, it's been rough. You know, uh, we a lot of us have been under the weather lately. I went to Tampa, or excuse me, Tampa. Uh, I, I, I wish it had been in Tampa. I went to Indianapolis yeah. and froze my rear end off. Uh, our, my good friend Brett Beard and I traveled down there. Let's just say he had half a case of water in his car, and it froze. Uh, because it was less than ten degrees down there, much of the time we were in Indianapolis, and Alabama didn't get the result they wanted. Uh, Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs win thirty-three to eighteen. Uh, but to, by the end of this football season, what a roller coaster ride it was! This Alabama team, a shell of itself, as they lose Jamison Williams, their most explosive player, to an ACL injury early in the second quarter. For, I guess when you look at all the breaks and everything that happened, this Alabama team overcame so much, and I'll always fondly remember them. But I'm telling you, William, this just seemed like it wasn't meant to be this year for the University of Alabama.
1: No, and, and you know, I think they, the, the, the 2021 team, certainly defied a lot of odds just to, you know, win the Iron Bowl, you know, win the, the SEC championship. Um, and and, and earn a place in the national championship game. But, um, you know, they just ran out of of players offensively that were capable of making plays when they needed to be made. And, um, you know, you can point the finger at at coaches and game plans and play calling and all that other good stuff. In fact, I um, told somebody the other day that, that, you know, broached the subject to me that, they they just their biggest complaint about Bill O'Brien is that he just wasn't creative enough for them. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, what do you want him to do? Find more creative ways for the wide receivers and tight ends not to catch the football. Um, yeah, you know that's that's basically what you're asking for. So, you know, I don't really have a lot of um, you know angst about the loss. I, I felt like they were fortunate to be there. Um, wished it could have turned out differently, but you know, tip your hat to Georgia. They finally got that monkey off of their back. And, um, you know, now we we kind of move ahead to, you know, looking ahead to to the spring practice 2022. And the 2022 season, or you know, at least fall camp will be here before you know it. And, you know, I think Alabama's got the, um, you know, the ingredients of having a very good football team, probably better than the one that they had this year. If, you know, they can avoid the, the injury bug that seemed to plague them from from the first game of the year,
0: you know, when they lost Chris Allen versus Miami. Yeah, that was really the the story of the season more than any is the injuries, and you know, and and I was told, you know, by an idiot caller to my show, and then, you know, and then there was people on Twitter, of course, social media, talking about it's an excuse. It's not an excuse to me if you if you look at it rationally. This Alabama football team, if they were healthy, see, that's part of it. And I even said it was part of football. You lose guys to injuries. And Alabama still had opportunities. You just brought it up, William, with the drop passes. You know, the worthless bastard, Jaleel Billingsley, who's now, thank the Lord, gone, who, you know, couldn't run a route, couldn't catch the ball, was lazy, wouldn't block. They tried everything in their power to get that talented young man to be a bigger part of this team, but he just would not completely buy in. And when you've got a Jai Hall, you know, he he hadn't played a lot due to his maturity issues during the season, finally gets an opportunity, makes a couple of plays, but leaves some on the field as well. But when you have a healthy football team, when you you brought up Chris Allen, but, all, but you know, Dallas Turner came on to replace Drew Sanders, who had replaced him, and Alabama was very fortunate in that regard to have someone step up. Seth McLaughlin stepped up for Darian Dalcourt. So, really, you found replacements for those two. But when it came down to it in the national championship game, Alabama did not have their two corners and Josh Job and Jalen Armour Davis, who have both now turned pro, and I think both will play in the NFL. And then you don't have Jamison Williams, who I should think if he were healthy would be the number one uh, receiver drafted. And then John Mechie, who is going to go ahead and leave, uh, you know, but was had an outstanding career in Alabama, uh, you know, and is going to be a guy that's, that plays in the pros for a while. If Alabama has those four guys, they're they they're, they're going to be national champions. And that there is no disputing it. I don't want to hear a Georgia fan tell me that because I watched it. I watched the first game in, in des, early December when Alabama had the majority of those guys, at least two of them on the field for a half against Georgia, and Alabama won by double digits. So, to me, if Alabama has all their guys and the national champions, but they didn't, they had to play with with what they had for nearly three quarters, and Georgia played a smart second half for once, ran the ball, and they made just enough plays to beat the University of Alabama. So, Georgia certainly won it. I don't think – I think the best team was Alabama when healthy, but that's just part of the game. And, Thomas, I'm going to piggyback off that and throw it to you because – I know you were disturbed with how you saw some younger players uh, play when they got a chance
2: with the spotlight on them. Well, so so you're talking about what you'll remember what uh, this football team for. And the thing that I'll remember this football team for is Jamison Williams tears his ACL. And the guy wants to come back in and try and help the team win a title. That, you know, I can respect that kind of you know, dogged determination, and I appreciate it in any any walk of life. So you know, that, that's really what I'm going to remember. But when you break this game down, it's a twofold problem. On the field, the back, the fresh the backup wide receivers were just god awful by and large. Now, that's defensible when you have a situation where they are. Young players kind of getting their feet wet, et cetera, et cetera. But the <laughs> wide receivers that struggled have entirely too busy fingers on Twitter. And what that creates is you don't give yourself the ability to make mistakes. Now, I will give a Jai Hall all the credit in the world. He said after the game on Twitter, he's like, that's on me. I'm going to come back better for it. So I sincerely hope. That that wasn't just a throwaway tweet that, you know, just, I, I know I screwed up. I better get people off my back. If it is, then, well, he's going to fail anyway, so what's it matter what I say? But it's, it's pretty simple. Even with all of the injuries, Alabama, if the, if the backup wide receivers are able to make just a couple of really, really good plays, like real contested plays, Alabama wins that game. That's what it is to me. I, thought, I think the game turned on the blocked field goal. I, now, of course, I think it turned a little bit on Jamison Williams, but that's kind of the easy low-hanging fruit. I don't buy that argument because Alabama stayed pretty well in control of that game even after that. But the blocked field goal, that wouldn't have been a blocked field goal if Ajay Hall had caught the ball that hit him in the hands. So I sincerely hope that Ajay Hall now understands that he has to do all the little things right to have success at the top level. But at the end of the day, if you want to, you know, pin the tail on something that happened on the field, it's the backup wide receivers being completely unable to make plays to support Bryce Young. If if you legitimately think Bryce Young is the reason that Alabama lost that game, you are crazy. Like he was the, he was throwing to a, a truly checked out Jaleel Billingsley, Cam Latu to his eternal credit did what he could do. He probably had the biggest play in the game with that 64-yard run. But The offense was really hamstrung. I thought the defense was wonderful. And on top of the Jamison Williams with a torn ACL wants to come back and play, and i got to give the medical staff credit there. They said, no, you have a future. Don't be silly. But, you know, on top of that, this is going to set the stage for the next year. We saw at the end of the 2021 season that this team was led by Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Now, Evan Neal deserves a lot of credit, as does Phil Mathis. But if either of those players comes out today, like if they could, Alabama's going to have the number one and the number two overall pick. That's how well they're regarded in NFL circles. I believe uh, Matt Miller, NFL draft scout, said something like, yeah, we don't care about Kayvon, some some NFL person said, we don't care about Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. We're going berserk over 31 at Alabama. And – you know Bryce Young is the best quarterback coming back. Now you can argue CJ Stroud, but at worst it's 1A one 1B one and then a chasm to the next person. So you you have a lot to really get excited for if you're an Alabama fan. The loss stings, and it stings because to me, it's not because Alabama didn't have talent, like the roster, you know, it's not that the roster wasn't strong enough. It's that the pieces that had to step up Because of decisions made in September, we're unable to do do what they needed to do for the team to have success. I'm always going to find that frustrating, and particularly frustrating when one of the individuals involved is a known Twitter problem. So my (coughs) advice, if they're going to ask a random 35-year-old on the internet, get your head out of your ass, get your thumbs off Twitter, and just go to work. and if you go out next year and you're a Bolitnikov finalist or the year after and you're a Bolitnikov finalist, I'll be the first one to say that your mea culpa after the Georgia National Championship game was legit. And I give you even more credit for being a man and accepting that you made a mistake. But until it happens between the white lines, miss me with that noise, get off Twitter, go to work. It's pretty simple, Drew.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Ajai Hall thing was frustrating. I mean, I do think the kid has ability. He showcased some of it in the game. He'll be he'll be counted on to be a bigger part of this deal next year. I am excited about Javon Baker. I think Treshawn Holden uh, is a pretty good player as
2: well. You mean Ja'Cory uh, Brooks, I assume, right?
0: Or, or did that, what, what, what did I say? I'm sorry. I meant to say Ja'Cory Brooks. You said Brooks, Javon right?
2: Baker. I wanted to get that uh, yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. My bad, man. I've got... I've got Baker on the brain because he's one of them that had to get out of there. You're right, thank you. Uh, Jacory Brooks and his development, you know, late in the season, and he still did some good things in the national championship game. Certainly, Jacory will be counted on next year much more. Jai will be as well. Uh, Trey Holt Holden, he did some decent things uh, in the national championship game, no question about it. Uh, so, you know, i I think there are some pieces there that I, you know, that I'm excited about. I'm really excited about the young guys there Aaron Anderson's that they've signed the Isaiah bond bond at the all-star game uh, was really the all-american game was, he did a, an extremely nice job Had a great week of practice. I know a lot of the, a lot of those guys that they signed aren't the biggest receivers, but I think they are much more explosive. And so I'm looking forward to that. No question about it. Hall does have really good size. So he, would fill that need. So does Ja'Cory Brooks. Both of those guys have good size. Alabama needs more explosiveness in the room, especially since Jameson Williams is gone. They also need, I think, to add one in the transfer portal, so that's going to be interesting. The Keyshawn Butte situation, I know he just got some NIL deal, but I was told that he would be locked in through the spring. He was going to see how good LSU looked through then, and then he would decide ultimately what he's going to do. I know at one time it was thought he was coming to Alabama, but I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama tried to add an experienced option from the portal. Uh, I think they're going to try to add three or four more pieces. The interesting part is, is that uh, you know I I think I counted. This was a very young football team from a senior standpoint. I think they only had seven or eight seniors uh, that uh, that were uh, you know on the team this year. Most all of them will move on. The only one that I could see maybe coming back, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, uh, LeBron Ray because they need to replace Phil Mathis. And I think he could be a guy that could help do that if he could stay healthy because we finally saw him have three quarters of a healthy season. And so we'll see. And then they could add, you know, maybe a DL uh, after, uh, you know, uh, from the transfer portal after all the dust settles. So, but again, even with all these transfer portal, you know, departures, uh, you know, I was counting. I think it was up to counting seniors, about 22 gone. Alabama's still above the, uh, the 85 scholarship limit. They're going to have to have some other guys depart, and they're going to have to make room for some guys. So, William, I know there's been a lot of teeth gnashing over a lot of these departures, but except for Drew Sanders, and even he was not slated to be a starter due to Dallas Turner. I don't understand really all the uh anxiety over it,
1: no, I agree with you i mean it 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 seems like the you know in in I certainly would have liked to have hung on to drew sanders he he proved yes. to be a you know a quality player when healthy, but you you can certainly understand um you know he doesn't want to spend another year behind um uh, will anderson um you know now obviously, he's behind Dallas Turner, um, you know at, at, at the same linebacker spot if they were to move him there. So um, you know, he's just looking for playing time and a chance to get on the field um, more. But I mean, like you, other than him, um, I don't see how anybody can be concerned about um, you know the guys that hit the portal for Alabama. I mean, you know none of them really had a role on this team, um, a significant role, even with all the injuries. Um, You know, none of those guys really played a significant role this past year. So, um, you know, I I think that's the good part of, you know, the transfer portal is it, it, you know, it kind of works hand in hand with, you know, the coaching staff and the players. You know, I'm sure a lot of these guys that just left, uh, um, you know, Alabama, I'm sure the coaches were, you know, excited to try and help them find, you know, some places maybe where they could go play and, and get on the field, and and vice versa. I'm sure the players are, you know, looking forward to going to a place that doesn't have as much depth and talent in front of them as Alabama does, and you know maybe they'll have a chance to, you know, see their star shine a little bit brighter by getting on the field quicker. So, n- nothing to gnash any teeth about. Um, you know, I, I everything but everybody that I've seen so far that you know, that has hit the portal and plans on leaving. I mean, I think it's a
0: a good mutual decision. Yeah, I think that's, you know, a good way to put it. I would say, William, when you look at what Alabama has returning and you look at what what they, who they signed as well, uh, it's interesting because there was a young man today because all you've been doing basically, if you've been paying attention is, uh, you know, following the – you can't help but be fascinated by the transfer portal and who's going in, who's going – who's, you know uh, – and, and when they go in, where do they end up – who do they end up transferring to? I mean, we've already seen Alabama get Elijah Ricks out of the portal from LSU. We've already seen Jameer Gibbs. We've heard a lot of good things about Gibbs already. I thought it was interesting today – Uh, And what I'm bringing up is a tight end named Kim Gamble from Florida. Had a good year this year. Uh, Over 400 yards, 30 catches, uh, you know, 31 catches, 14 E's. He goes to UCF. Some thought Alabama might have interest. I don't think they showed it. In some cases, I know it's counting on, you know, a lot on a freshman. But if we don't see Alabama, you know, make a move to replace Jalil Judge Zaleel Billingsley in the portal, it may be because of a guy like Amari Nyblack who is coming in from the state of Florida, who they're so high on. I know he'll only be a freshman, William, but when you hear him compare, not, not as the same type of player, but in the same stratosphere as an impact guy, as a Julio Jones and a Amari Cooper, if you're an Alabama fan, that would have to excite you a little bit.
1: Yeah, and, and Drew, I, I don't really know, you know, based on, Um, You know, as we sit here halfway through the month of January, I I wouldn't expect a whole lot of, of, uh, you know, activity on Alabama's end as far as I'm not saying there's not going to be more players that are currently at Alabama that's going to hit the transfer portal. I'm saying I would not expect a lot more activity from Nick Saban's side of things as far as going out and and acquiring uh, players from the transfer portal until after spring practice. Ah, oh, I got um, you, know, you. I think there's a there's a lot of different position groups where, you know, there's young players that have to be factored in, at, you know, offensive tackle, um, you know, certainly now with these young wide receivers that they've brought in, um there, there's a a wave of young defensive linemen that are fixing to come through. So, yeah, I, I think you might see, you know, Nick Saban stand pat as far as going out and making acquisitions. Um, you know, at least until after um, you know, spring practice is over with where the staff will have a chance to evaluate where they are, you know, in the development of some of these players um, that, that may be counted on to, uh, you know, step
0: in and, and take over a starting role for guys that departed this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause they didn't make a move for their biggest offensive acquisition, Jameson Williams, until, until after spring practice in April when Saban decided they needed more speed in the transfer portal. So, uh, that would be that's going to be really interesting uh, to see what happens in that regard because you know I, I think uh, because I I do think there is going to end up needing to be some guys added uh, for Alabama but I think the biggest question mark for this Alabama team heading into spring practice William they've got I think they found a center so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with court. but they have both guards back and now it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the right and the left tackle spots. I think they're going to have talent, you know, at wide receiver, even though it's going to be young. Uh, I, you know, they've got Cam Latou back at tight end. They've got some other young tight ends that they could uh, be trying to develop. You know, I, you know, people forget about uh, Caden Clark from the state of Ohio. He was recovering from a knee injury. He's a, he's a guy I know they really like coming out of high school. They'll have Nye Black. So it's going to be really interesting uh, to see, you know, kind of which guy. And then running back-wise, they've already added Gibbs. They've got a lot of running backs coming back off of knee injuries, uh, you know, especially Jason McClellan, Roy Dale Williams, even uh, still, and let's not forget, uh, the young man from Texas as well, Kamar Wheaton. So, uh, But I think, William, if you ask me, going into the spring, there's been a lot of guys already come back on defense. Uh, but I think the two tackle spots – is the biggest question mark right now for Alabama.
1: No, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, I I think, um, you know, a lot of of Alabama fans were, you know, kind of caught off guard and taken aback that, um, you know, Tommy Brockemeyer didn't have, you know, any sort of role um, for the 2021 season. Um, You know, to me, the, the, the bigger mystery, I never expected Brockemeyer to be involved. Um, because of lo- a lot of contributing factors, but you know you saw j c. Latham go through spring practice at right tackle last spring um you know comes out of spring practice and and certainly, I wouldn't say based on what I saw that I was going to project him as a starter but but I did think he was going to be a contributor there. Um, you know we go into fall camp all of a sudden he vanishes from you know the right tackle rotation and you know pops up as a third team offensive guard and just you know it's almost kind of like a lost season for him he, he didn't really you know factor in very much and uh, until the you know the month of december when when uh you know he had to kind of come in at guard um when uh, uh or hurt his shoulder and you know played pretty well but it, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious, I think, that you'll see them, you know, move him back outside to the tackle spot for spring practice because of the depth situation that they do have at offensive guard. But, um, you know, certainly, you know, Latham and Brockmire are going to be pushed. Um, you know, you got Amari Kite and, uh, you know, Damian George, um, you know, that are in play there as well. You know, maybe the Ferguson kid. So, you know, they've got the bodies, but I, but I do think that is, you know, one of the spotlights to the kind of accent for spring practice that, that I think Nick Saban has taken a, you know, a to-be-determined approach to um, with the transfer portal. I mean, if he gets, you know, you know come, come the end of April, 1st of May, if he doesn't like what he's seen, if he doesn't think, you know, he's got a couple of guys that are on the verge – uh, being able to play winning football at left tackle and right tackle. I mean, you know, you might see him run out there and uh, make a move on a on a transfer offensive tackle that's in the portal. So, uh, but, yeah, I agree with you as far as the offense goes, uh, going into spring practice 2022.
0: Um, left tackle and right tackle are, are certainly the two question marks. Yeah, and so that – I still think that there could be an, uh, an addition at uh, OT via the portal – uh, depending on what they think, you know, coming out of recruiting. And even if they do wait until after spring practice to get a, a long look at the J.C. Lathams and the Tommy Brockermeyer. certainly it's going to be a huge spring for Tommy Brockermeyer to add, you know, mass, be ready to go and live up to, you know, the, the billing of being a five-star recruit. Same deal, you know, with J.C. Latham. I know that they were – I've heard that they were still very high on J.C. Latham. Uh, You know, as a prospect, I know he played guard, but, I, you know, he could still easily, I think, move out there hopefully to tackle and be ready to go. Uh, You know, it's going to be interesting because Tommy Brockermeyer missed most of his – really all of his junior year injured. uh, You know, and so I don't think he came in after his senior season as ready to go physically as, uh, you know, some guys have. So his development is going to be a key to this deal. And it's going to be interesting to see what what the coaching staff looks like. We know Jay Valai has already left to go to Oklahoma. Uh, There's been a lot of speculation about Carl Scott coming back to the University of Alabama. There's even been a report for Robinson might be of some interest to Nick Saban uh, to uh, coach the quarterbacks with Charles Kelly. So we're going to be – I'm going to be interested to see what this staff looks like because if Bill O'Brien gets a job, say he got the Jacksonville job, he might bring, uh, you know – Uh, Doug Marone with him. So they can end up having some new blood on this coaching staff. The interesting part too, William is there hasn't been too many names mentioned as far as late for recruiting uh, in February. So I don't know if Alabama is going to add any more pieces to this recruiting class or not, or if it's just going to be a situation like you said, where, you know, they kind of assess where they are after spring practice and then decide what, what, you know, a few spots, they might want to add some talent.
1: No, I agree. I, I mean, there's, there's really no names that are, you know, circulating around right now, as far as additions, uh, high school additions um, that design in, in February for, for the, um, you know, the last couple of spots in this class. Um, like we talked about, I think Coach Saban's just going to stay in Pat and, um, you know, if he does need some people, I think he'll probably try and get him out of the transfer portal. Um, you know, I think that'll be um, another big flurry of players looking to, uh, you know, find new homes um, post spring practice in a couple months, just like you saw at the end of the 2021 season. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast with this business now is um, you, you know, it's in, it, in, it, 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 You know, you're going to see a lot of college coaches probably in the next two or three years get more looks at, you know, NFL jobs because they're getting, you know, a trial by fire lesson in roster management at the NCAA level now. And, you know, that's not going anywhere anytime
0: soon. I think that's part of the game that's here to stay, as is the NIL money. Yeah, the NIL is really going to be interesting to see how Nick Saban continues to deal with that. Uh, You know, because we've seen Texas A&M and how aggressive they've been in building a recruiting class. Of course, uh, they still lost four games and they and uh, they uh, they, uh, you know, as we know, didn't even play in their bowl game uh, due to the fact I think they were trying to avoid a loss situation. I know covid played a factor in it, but I think they also were protecting themselves. They wanted all the positive momentum. They have. They hired D.J. Durkin as their defensive coordinator uh, from, uh, you know, uh, from uh, Ole Miss, and so we'll see how he does. He's another Saban disciple, but Alabama's had uh, a lot of success, uh, relatively, against D.J. Durkin in his time at Ole Miss. So that I'm going to be fascinated to see how roster management wise, how Jimbo Fisher manages his roster. But uh, I know we've also seen some of the guys find landing spots. William. Paul Tyson is going to Arizona State. I find that interesting. They've got their starting quarterback coming back, so I wonder if he's going to play much at Arizona State. Uh, And then we also saw Jaleel Billingsley. He's reunited with the pole assassin himself, uh, and that is (coughs) Jeff Banks. He can be Jeff Banks' problem. I guess he can babysit Jeff Banks' new pet monkey that they're talking about now and all this craziness. Uh, But we see that Jaleel has found a landing spot Andrew Sanders, interestingly, will stay within the SEC West. He will play at Arkansas for Sam Pittman uh, as they were, they had uh, lost some linebacker talent from their group. So a lot of speculation with Drew Sanders had been on Texas. That did not happen. Mario Williams did not go to Texas as well. He went to USC. I'm still thinking Caleb Williams probably will ultimately reunite with his coach as I thought when he first went into the portal. So, Uh, Some interesting landing spots for some of these Alabama guys. Uh, We've already seen Chris Quick go to Georgia Tech. King Makuta to Arkansas State to play for the champion of life, Bush Jones. So, uh, some interesting (laughs) landing spots for some of these guys.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, you know, you're you're excited for the kids that, uh, you know, are looking for, you know, a way to get on the field quicker and, Um, You know, hopefully, you know, put some film on tape that, uh, uh, you know, will help them get get some recognition and possibly have an NFL career. Um, You know, a lot of these guys, it's just kind of common sense. I mean, if you're not able to compete and rise to the top at a program like Alabama, I don't really like your chances of, um, you know, for for, for every Alvin Kamara in the world, I can show you 10 other ones that, that it just didn't work out for. Um, and, and, you know, most of those names that you just mentioned, I would be surprised if they, they make NFL rosters, but, uh, there again, you know, we're, um, what three or four weeks away from two or three weeks away now, I guess, from the, the final national signing day, um, you know, a month and a half away from spring practice getting started. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll be right there in
0: front of us before we know it. Yeah, it will be, and I was going to bring Thomas back into into the conversation. And Thomas, you've you've seen the transfer portal and what it's uh, accumulated. Alabama already having a lot of guys move on. We've already talked about how uh, none of this is a surprise. I certainly wasn't surprised. I knew several would hit the transfer portal right after the national championship game, win or lose. It did not matter. A lot of these kids want to move on. They want to play, uh, but. Uh, What are your ultimate thoughts on what we've seen thus far, as far as the player movement?
2: It's not surprising. At the end of the day, when you really think about it, the one guy that just, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out is Jaleel Billingsley. I mean, talk about looks like Tarzan plays like Jane, and the only reason he'll be successful in the Big 12 is because that's about as physical as a cotton ball. So, best of luck to him, I suppose. But, you know, when Alabama comes calling next year, expect to get your ass drilled into the dirt. Overall, other than that, what it means for Alabama is really the interesting follow-on effects, Drew. There has to be guys that are either in competition or younger or who have passed them and are younger. So the players that moved on chose to try and find playing time. That's their right. That's their prerogative. And, again, Nick Saban found Henry Toa Toa, which is a big deal with him coming back, and Jamison Williams the first go-around. And let's see what happens after the spring. You know, when you look at how this whole thing is going to come together, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but it's going to take a spring to see, you know, does a Jai Hall follow up on his tweet by being the best wide receiver on the team? Or does he go back into those bad habits? And that's not a question that is really going to be answered, but at least Nick Saban will have an idea. So when I look at it, it's the new normal. If you want to discuss whether it's a good new normal or a bad new normal, I would respectfully argue that it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's not going to change. And when, when we talk about the number of people in the transfer portal for college football, how many of them? Even the ones that have decided to go elsewhere, how many of them would have come in and made an instant impact at Alabama's level? Maybe that Mario Williams gentleman that went to USC to follow, uh, cl- uh, uh, what's his name, Lincoln Riley. Uh, there was an All-Big Ameri- uh, all Ten safety at Northwestern that went somewhere else in the Big Ten. But other than that, like, how many guys do you see making an instant impact? Because in general, you, really do ha- you do have an interesting like, shift in priorities. For the players that are leaving Alabama, they're after playing time, and that's fine. You know, you have The vast majority of you have maximum five years to play college football, and then you're working at Aflac selling car insurance. Congratulations. Thank you for your service. Move on. But for Alabama, it's a different conversation entirely. Alabama is looking for guys that can make an absolute instant impact. And looking at just the transfer portal writ large, I don't see very many of those individuals in the portal right now. So it's just, I don't see it as a bad thing for Alabama. The only one that would be slightly concerning is Drew Sanders, but he really was the odd guy out. And that's just a tragedy because to me, Drew, I thought Drew Sanders was playing at an All-ACC level, bef- SEC, excuse me, level, before he got injured, but I don't know how you can expect Drew Sanders to pass Dallas Turner, considering what Dallas Turner turned into towards the back half of the year. Yes, he struggled early, and it showed. But toward, by the time, you know, Alabama played Georgia a second time, show me a pass-rushing duo that was more devastating than Dallas Turner and Will Anderson. I mean, they're arguably the best pass-rushing duo that college football's seen in the past few years. They're that, that good. So it makes sense to me. It happens. It's the new normal. I get it that, can, that it's going to occasionally be frustrating, but for me, it's just part of the game. Like William said, transfer portal and NIL are the new normal. The sooner you make yourself okay with it, the better. If we wanted to talk about just... If I was the college football czar, what I would do, we can have that conversation. But what I would do is radically different than what has happened. So it would only be sort of fun in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way. Overall, if Nick Saban can replicate his success with Henry T. and Jameson Williams, Alabama will be fine. (laughs) I think that's fair to expect one impact player at minimum to come in. And Alabama's in a good spot because even if that doesn't happen, Good Lord, look at Alabama's roster. Outside of maybe a tackle and certainly a defensive tackle, should nobody really put it all together uh, coming out of spring, Alabama's roster is ready to rumble with the absolute best of them. Because, you know, this is the other side of the injury problem. Suddenly, Kyrie Jackson's gotten quality playing time. And, and that's another one that said, two plays don't define me. So he remembers what happened. It's, it's on his radar. Kulid McKinstry got quality playing time. And so as much as it hurts short-term for the Alabama football program, that will pay dividends moving forward. So, you know, I, I just look at it like it's a thing. Nick Saban knows how to handle it. He's handled it, frankly, better than anyone else from my from my reckoning. And... Let's get on to let, you know, let's get on to spring practice. Let's get on to 2022 and let's get excited again because I hated the loss, but it's in the past and it's much more fun to look forward as far as I'm concerned, Drew.
0: Yeah, it is. And I will say this, I I think it's
2: big. Alabama's got, you know, the only official
0: announcement we haven't seen is Christian Harris. What we strongly believe according to Matt Zinnitz of uh, on three sports is that Christian was torn, but I think ultimately, He played his best football down the stretch. He's still got a chance to be a first-round pick, and he's more than likely going to move on to the NFL, it sounds like. So that would open the door for Deontay Lawson, who I was extremely impressed with in the spring. And then they get Henry Toa Toa back. He is coming back. They get Jordan Battle to return DeMarco Helms. You know, Jalen Arbor Davis moved on, but they've already brought in Elijah Ricks at corner. Uh, and then to be, to, to be his de facto replacement, who I think is more talented. No disrespect to Jalen Arbor Davis, who had a really good year until he got hurt. And then you've got Kyrie Jackson and Kool Aid McKinstry. So you've already got some, the, the guys there, I think, at corner uh, where you could be ready to roll. But, uh, and then, you know, as you said, you'll have Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. So three of the four linebackers would be returning. Deontay Lawson, a five star level talent, could be there to plug in. Uh, at the Will spot next to the Mike, Henry Toa Toa, who should be even better next year. And I thought he had a really, really strong finish to the year. Uh, Like we said, Phil Mathis is moving on, had a great season. I thought he was as good as any DL in college football last year. I think they should invite LeBron Ray to come back. They've got a boy to be back. Byron Young's coming back. Uh, You've got a lot of, of, you know, Tim Smith, uh, DJ Dale, So, I I think it's – I thought for the most part uh, they got a lot of good news with guys coming back, especially defensively.
1: No, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, going back to, uh, you know, what Thomas was touching on, um, you you know, with with what led Drew Sanders to transfer, um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Dallas Turner – um, and I think he only ended up starting the, the last half of the season. Um, I, I think Dallas Turner, if he, if he didn't better, um, Will Anderson's sack numbers from 2020, um, he matched them. And so, you know, that's, that's a hard, a hard thing for somebody that's sitting over there on the sideline to, you know, absorb and, and overcome. I mean, you know, you can see the writing on the wall there and, Thomas isn't the only person that's, you know, referring to Dallas Turner and Will Anderson as being the, you know, the best pass rushing duo in college football, probably for the last two months of this past season and certainly going into next season. So, yeah, I mean, I think Alabama does have a lot of the pieces already in place for the defense. Um, Certainly they've got a lot of depth, a lot of guys, you know, that you didn't see a lot of, um, you know, this year along that defensive line, you know, maybe, you know the the guy that, that that I would think that would have the best chance of being, you know, that next Christian Barmore, um, you know, Fidarian Mathis type guy. Maybe maybe Timmy Smith, you know, takes that next step. But you know, we still haven't seen the the five star from last year, Damon Payne. Um, you know, you've got the the, the other D lineman, Latham. Um, you know, that we still haven't seen a lot of. You still got some other guys um you know that are coming in in this recruiting class it'll be available for (laughs) practice so um you know they got a lot of the pieces there like you said a lot of depth at inside linebacker um and uh you know we'll just have to wait and see how all that kind of meshes together and, and the chemistry forms in the spring and and there again you know drew sanders isn't the only one that was you know dissatisfied with the the, the depth and the, the playing time at the outside linebacker room, you know, King Matequa, uh, Tuqua, however you pronounce it, you know, he hit the road yeah, as well.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, so there, there's two guys that kind of saw the writing on the wall, and, you know, you got another guy that really got a lot of quality reps this year in backup duty, um, you know, and Chris Braswell that is coming back, so not to mention with all the people that they've recruited, um, you know, for those two spots in the last two recruiting classes, so um, you, know, you know, I think there's a lot more questions um, to answer about the 2022 Alabama football team on the offensive side of the football than there is on the defensive side.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think I think defensively they've got most of the pieces in place uh, already, uh, and they got a lot of those guys to come back, which I think they should have a ton of experience. I think the uh, it, I'll be surprised if Pete Golding is not back as defensive coordinator. I know there's been some talk about Miami and Mario Cristobal wanted to talk to him, but I got to believe Nick Saban would want to bring him back. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt wants to come back, but he has not been cleared by the NCAA or the SEC office, so we'll have to wait and see on that situation. Uh, but again, I think Alabama, uh, you know, I, I, there'll certainly be some young players trying to develop depth on the defense, but I think a lot of the starting positions are going uh, to, uh, you know, be – Uh, decided already because of all these guys returning. Uh, But again, and you're, and I will say this: Dallas Turner actually did eclipse uh, Will Anderson. I think Will had seven sacks as a freshman. I think in the last seven games, Dallas Turner had eight and a half. So that shows you how good both those guys are. Both of them were five-star players and top ten players in America coming out of their high school class, and they've proven to be the real deal. Now they just need to stay healthy, uh, no doubt about it. But Again, I think that, uh, you know, and I think Alabama will be stronger at the backup quarterback position. Ty Simpson on campus now. I'm anxious to see him in the spring. I think he's an outstanding talent. And so, uh, you know, spring practice is going to be very, very interesting. And when we can bring you the next BAMs, we may have some more dates on that. Alabama hasn't released anything. I think Auburn is going on April 9th, but Alabama has not released any dates right now for the start of spring practice or spring football as we had, we'll probably have more clarity on where the coaching staff uh, kind of stands. But I know as we were winding this down, Thomas, uh, before I talk a little hoops, is there anything else you want to add football wise?
2: Sure, Drew, it, it was a good season and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually have a, a question to our listeners. I, I'm thinking about taking BAMs onto Patreon. Like if you support the show you know, for a couple dollars a month, you'll be able to ask questions directly, like to the BAMS Radio account. You'd get, get them answered live. If you think that's a good idea, if, if that would be of interest to you, tweet me at BAMS Radio and let me know what you think. Uh, I, w- I would really appreciate it. But, you know, otherwise, great college football season. It was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, Alabama didn't manage to finish everything off. But we even said ahead of both Cincinnati and Georgia, If Alabama manages to steal a national championship this season, it's going to be a three-peat because Alabama looks like they are ready to just explode next year. My expectations are sky high. And really, as we sit here middle of January freezing our collective butts off, that's not a bad spot to be in, Drew. It's not. It's not
0: a bad spot to be in at all. No question about it. Uh, I think that, you know, the University of Alabama – is, you know, in a spot where most uh, everybody else would like to be. I mean, they didn't finish it. I'm always going to remember this team for the grit that they had. Brian Robinson is a warrior. I wish him all the luck in the world in his next step in his career in the NFL. I think if he goes to the right organization, like a Miami Dolphins or somewhere, someone like that, I think he can have an outstanding career and help someone as a runner and receiver. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I I think he's a warrior. I mean, I, I think I know Chris Owens was, you know, you know, overmatched at times, but he battled, uh, and he was a leader, and I think it meant a lot to him to play. And I criticized him, but I appreciate him for competing. He's certainly uh, not someone that I would remember like a, a Jaleel Billingsley hardly at all. I mean, Chris Owens is a good kid who 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 wanted to wear the uniform and who battled his ass off and, and you know I, and I'll remember uh, you know Phil Mathis for being a great player and a great leader. Uh, I really appreciate you know what he brought to the table. Christian Harris, if he ultimately decides to go pro, he's I mean he, he played his best football down the stretch. he really played outstanding in the national championship game and you, you're going to remember fondly what he did. Jalen Arbor Davis as well for waiting his turn and having a really good year at corner. Job in the final game of his career, battling against Georgia, I mean, he, he was maddening. He got a lot of penalties, but he was a good football player. So, you know, you appreciate all these guys that were here on this football team. And, and again, I, I, I'm going to remember them fondly for what they did at the University of Alabama and the legacy they left and kind of developing as leaders as the, as the season went on. It was a different type of year. But certainly, you know, Bryce won the Heisman. He established himself as the best quarterback in college football. He played, battled, and played as well as he could against a really good Georgia defense without all his guys. And still, you know, I think it, 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 I, he has a chance. Of, uh, a legit. The, yeah, I mean, I know Johnny Manziel had a chance to do it, and he didn't do it, and others have had chances to win back-to-back Heismans. But Bryce has an even better shot than Johnny did because – he could have the best team in America around him depending on player development and, you know, where this team goes. Because I think they're they going to be, I think, the preseason number one team in the country if spring practice goes the way that I think it will. And if they end up having to add pieces to the portal, whether, as William says, they wait till after spring practice or if there's someone that's a fit for them even before then. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, of course, continue to follow recruiting up until the second signing date to see if Alabama adds another high school player to the mix or, and then we'll continue to follow the transfer portal. But I did want to have some final thoughts on basketball. I know there's a lot of angst out there. Nate Oates has lost three in a row for only the second time in this career. It's three straight SEC games, but let's just relax a little bit and calm down. They've lost three games where they could have won all three. And I know the Missouri game sticks in everyone's crawl because Missouri's not very good. And they lost 92 to 86. And then they follow that up, losing to one of the best teams in America in Auburn, 81 to 77 at home in a heartbreaker. And then they lose a heartbreaker yesterday, 78 to 76 to Michigan State, or excuse me, to Mississippi State, pardon me, in Starkville. And when, it, when you look at it, I'll just say this I know the three point shooting hasn't been what everyone wanted it to be, but that's really not the issue. Alabama and those three losses combined is averaging over 80 points per game. The issues are the gritty things. The team – you know, Nate Oates is all about blue-collar basketball, playing harder than the other guy, defending, rebounding, getting to the loose balls, doing the little things. That's what this team is not doing right now. Uh, They're not defending at a high level. They're not rebounding. Uh, You know, they're they're not, uh, you know, getting after the loose balls, generating enough turnovers – because and, and if they were it would even, it would help their offense even more if they were defending at a higher level. Instead, it's more about showtime, it's more about, you know, trying to look good and not be gritty and determined uh, like the team last year. They, you know that they, they need to buy, they need to do some soul searching some of these guys and understand that they've got to do the little things to win basketball games. They've got to win 50-50 balls, they've got to rebound, they've got to defend uh, and they've got to defend without fouling, because yesterday a big part of the loss was Noah Gurley and Jawan Gary, the two guys that played the four spot. They One fouled out, one had four fouls, and they combined for four points. Uh, they did not defend uh, very well. They did not rebound the basketball. All they did was foul, guys, because they were undisciplined. They're going to have to play better basketball down the stretch if this Alabama team is going to reach the NCAA tournament. I don't think this team is going to win the SEC championship. I think that's Auburn's to lose. Uh, unfortunately, I think Auburn's an outstanding team. But this team can still reach the NCAA tournament for the back-to-back years for the first time since the Mark Godfrey era. And it'll be a disappointment if they don't. So I'm, I'm anxious to see. Nate Oates said some uh, things I, I agreed with yesterday. He basically called out the toughness of his guys, said they needed to you know play tougher. He thought they were going to be a good – a tough, good basketball team, a team good enough to win the SEC going into the year, but they haven't been so far. Hopefully, this is going to serve as a wake-up call. It's certainly not going to get any easier. They've got LSU at home on Wednesday, who's coming off of a loss at home to Arkansas. But you have to grind and, and get down and dirty. And like you said, they're going to have to make some hard decisions, decide who's playing and who's not. It was good to see James Rojas back on the floor because he gives them some of that competitive grit Uh, determination, rebounding, and toughness, and that's what they need right now. Uh, It's not all about flash. It's not all about scoring. They've got to do the little things right, and if they start to do that, if they start uh, rebounding well on the offensive and defensive end, if they start defending better like they did in the second half against Florida and competing, and then it will translate to the offensive end because they'll start making shots. They'll be able to get out in the open court, too. The more turnovers you force, the more transition offense you have, And I think think Alabama didn't do a very good job of finishing and and transitioning against Mississippi State yesterday too because they did not make high-percentage plays. You've got to make winning plays. You've got to make the right pass. You can't worry about a a fancy alley-oop or something of that nature. You've got to make the right call, the right read, the right play. And again, I don't think this Alabama basketball team is far off when you're talking about losing by six, by four, by two. You've just got to finish. And if they can turn it around, they can still – be a tough out in the NCAA tournament and that's all that matters how you're playing in February and March but again you don't want to continue to dig this hole you need to get it turned around quickly and you know they lost a lot of great leadership off the team last year Herbert Jones player of the year great quiet leader John Petty as well Alex Reese some guys uh, you know uh, you know Jordan Bruner the transfer I know he's only there with him a year but he was an older guy they need some dudes to step up as leaders and so this is going to be really interesting to see what Alabama does in the next couple of days before uh, LSU comes calling on uh, on Wednesday because they could win three in a row here if they can get LSU because you got a revenge game. They should be supremely motivated on Saturday to kick Missouri's ass. Who's coming back into Coleman Coliseum? And then you got the Georgia Bulldogs who are rebuilding under Tom Crean. So as quickly as you dig a hole, you can dig your way out but it's going to start against LSU on Saturday – or, excuse me, on Wednesday, pardon me. And definitely Alabama needs to stop this bleeding. They're, they're going to fall out of the top 25, but that doesn't matter right now. They need to win a game, and who better to beat than Western Union, a.k.a. Will Wade, and and let LSU continue to struggle. So big game for Alabama coming up. It was a big game against Mississippi State. They did get it done. Hopefully they're going to have, play with some desperation and some passion and some – uh, intensity w- about them for the entire 40 minutes, instead of only part of the game on Wednesday in Coleman Coliseum. But again, we'll talk about that more next time we talk with you in BAMs. We'll recap some Alabama basketball. We'll continue to follow recruiting, the transfer portal, and the coaching carousel. But uh, again, Alabama finishing number two in the country. They lose to the Georgia Bulldogs. We talked about that. Some missed opportunities for Alabama, some drop passes, some injuries playing a huge part in this, but still a great year for the Tide, 13-2. and Uh, No other program in America, I'll say this, could have overcome what Alabama did to nearly win the national title and be leading in the fourth quarter, you know, uh, as Alabama was, 18-13. to to But Alabama nearly winning the national title, couldn't quite get it done. But if there's anyone that can bounce back in any program that can, it's going to be the Tide, and we'll continue to follow that closely. And, again, please respond. Y'all in the Twitter sphere, you heard Thomas talking about Patreon. Let us know if that's something that you would support for us if we can continue to expand BAM's radio. But we always love our listeners and our support. We appreciate everybody listening. For William Redfish Barger, for Thomas the Wizard Watts, I'm uh, Drew Yarman. Good night, everybody, and roll tide.